This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 402 for the week of April 24th, 2016. What's up? Welcome to Kanzenshu, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hello, my name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX, and it's just me for a little bit this here episode. It's one of those episodes of the podcast where I'm stitching things together because it's been a crazy last week in terms of not really news, and then there was news, but we already recorded a topic, and then my V-Jump was held up in Cincinnati for like three extra days and I'm only just now getting around to working on the news. So I apologize for that. There is a lot of news to cover uh, this week, but we're going to hold off on a little bit of it. So instead, what we'll do is I'm just going to briefly recap a, a couple things that's going on in the news. And then I think next week, next episode that we do, we'll uh, kind of regroup, regather, because one of those things in Super um, that we didn't expect to hit actually did hit at the very end of episode 40. We thought we had another two or three episodes before Zen O was going to show up, but indeed at the very end of 40. And apparently we have another special guest coming up very soon on the show. Uh, those two details are in fact up on the homepage page of Kanzenshu. So you can read up the raw details right now, but we're going to stick around and wait a couple episodes to actually talk about the wrap-up of the Shampa arc, perhaps, uh, and some of this what appears to be interstitial material before we head into what may be the next story arc. So what is on tap this episode instead of all that? Well, we are indeed having a Dragon Ball Super topic this week. It's not about the content of the show, though. Well, it kind of is. It's about transformations. Our discussion this week is Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan versus Super Saiyan Blue. No, no, no. Hold on. Don't leave. It's not a strength debate discussion. Nothing like that. It's about the name of the form. Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan was the original name of the form. And now we have this other name, Super Saiyan Blue. So Jake, our own Herms from Konzenshu here, him and I talked about how these names started. And that is where they were first used, how they were first used, how they were then used in the actual material they were supposed to be a part of, or maybe not actually used in the material they're supposed to be a part of. Uh, and then we kind of wrap up the discussion, spoilers, with uh, more rhetorical questions that don't really have answers, and that is, what is the true name of the form? But it's a great discussion. Stay tuned for that. That is about to hit your ear uh, any minute. So in addition to that, what we'll be doing this episode is uh, kind of wrapping up with just some freeform Q&As. I'm going through the email a little bit, picking out a couple questions. I just solicited a couple last minute on Twitter as well. That's our episode this week. So with that being said, let's get right into our topic. After that, I will rejoin you again to do a little bit of Q&A and talk about some exciting content that's up on the site and coming to the site. That'll be our episode for this week. So, fastest we've ever gotten to a topic right now. Joining me to talk about Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan versus Super Saiyan Blue versus Super Saiyan 2 versus Super Saiyan Grade 5, the man I'm fairly certain does not actually sleep our own Herms. Hi, Jake. Well, it's hard to sleep when you uh, text me at two in the morning about Arale. <laughs> you don't have to look at your phone at 2 a.m. I, I know, I know. There are two other guys that could do it. Actually, before I even left for work, I was talking with Julian. About, anyway, we are here to talk about the names of forms, something I've been wanting to chat about for uh, a little bit. I'm actually glad we waited because we have another episode or two under our belts to compare things here. Before we get into the actual meat of of 
Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan versus Super Saiyan Blue. What those names are, where they originated, and what we should be doing about them now. I want to take it back to something we have talked about on the podcast before, but I want to go through it and then decide if it's ultimately a worthwhile correlation uh, between types of names. I'm not sure if it is, but... Maybe we'll decide it is. It's probably the the closest analogy, even if it's not a perfect analogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Jake, Super Saiyan 2, it wasn't actually named in the manga at first, was it? No, not during the Cell games. And so it's not until Goku explains Super Saiyan 3 that he feels the need to coin the term Super Saiyan 2 to just for comparison's sake. Yeah, you know... You think about the lead up to the first Super Saiyan form, it was built up so long in advance. We we had a name for it long before we had any idea what it was going to look like. It's really hard to put the manga in the appropriate historical context now because we've known it for so long. And by the time we got it in North America, most fans jumped into Z proper. They could look online and see everything. There was never a time that any of us here... There were some people out there, but for the most part, we all knew the names of everything, whether they were correct names or not. We had names for them before we ever saw them in context in the show itself. But yeah, Super Saiyan 2. So Gohan transforms against Cell. It's chapter 407. This debuted in Weekly Jump January 26th, 1993. Jake, they're really just talking about the, the level of Super Saiyan that surpasses Super Saiyan, right? Yeah, they toss that phrase around a lot during the Cell arc in general, just talking about the need to surpass past Super Saiyan and like saying, oh, this is a form that surpasses it. And they say that with uh, what's with the muscular forms Vegeta and Trunks use. Mm -hmm. And then they say the same thing with when Gohan transforms. Trunks is like, well, this must this thing for sure. This must be what Goku was talking about when he said we need to surpass it. And like you were saying, it didn't get named until chapter 474, which was not published until June 14th, 1994. So well over a year later, when we get to um, where Goku is describing the various forms, like you said, it's not until Super Saiyan 3 and he names Super Saiyan 3 right from the start. But it's that in between form is like, well, I guess we'll call this one Super Saiyan 2. Yes. And this is in the manga, the only point where the phrase Super Saiyan 2 is ever used. <laughs> I know. I was trying to think about that. Like, is there another time they no? They never actually say anything about this. And that leads to so many complicated strength debates with who was in what form. And I think we've had discussions about whether Toriyama really intended it at that point to be a named form or just conveniently decided later on. It's a mess. Yeah, even halfway through the Boo arc, when like Gohan fighting Dabra and all that stuff, there's they still keep on talking about uh, surpassing Super Saiyan rather mm -hmm. than, you know, using any form name. So in between these events, in between Gohan actually transforming against Cell and then the point where Goku describes the forms and gives it a name, there was a book released in Japan. Uh, there was a series of film anime comics that were coming out. Uh, we would call them Animanga. They're basically just screenshots from the movies arranged into manga form with speech bubbles. Now, the two TV specials from TBC that we think of, Bardock and Trunks, they received anime comics as as well. The Trunks TV special anime comic came out May 31st, 1993. So when you think about that, Gohan's transformation was January 26th, 1993. This was kind of hot off the presses. And the reason why this is relevant is like a lot of the books at the time, there would be a couple pages in the back that just had supplemental information. Things about um, what movie would be coming out, what's going on in the TV series. And oh, here in this one, it describes the various stages of Super Saiyan. So a mere two months 
months after Gohan transforms. We don't have a name for it. Jake, this book decides to assign names to these forms. Yes, so this is the origin for what is called the grade name scheme. So obviously you start out with Super Saiyan, the regular Super Saiyan, which they call Super Saiyan Grade 1. And then for the muscular forms Vegeta and Trunks use, they call those grades 2 and 3. So Grade 2 is just like what we'd call Super Vegeta. And then Grade 3 is Trunks when he's so muscular, he it slows him down and he ends right. up losing. And then Grade 4 is... Basically, what, what is later in Daizenshu 2 referred to as full power Super Saiyan. It's generally associated with Goku and Gohan when they're just hanging out in that form for the Cell games, relaxing, eating right. lunch, that kind of thing. And then for the final, what they call the strongest form, they label as grade 5. And this is Gohan's form. And the same thing, which later gets called Super Saiyan 2. And notably, so this came out shortly after it debuted in the manga, before it debuted in the anime. So what they have to illustrate this, like they, there are no relevant screen, everything else, since it's anime-based, they use anime screenshots. Mm -hmm. Here they kind of have to fake it. They have this illustration they made apparently from scratch yeah, yeah. of Gohan in this form. And then they have a, a, they do have a screenshot, but it's actually regular Super Saiyan Gohan, oddly enough. Yeah, this was such a, like we were saying, hot off the press is the best way to describe it, especially for that time. It was so new, Shueisha Toei decided we, we got to call it something and um they went with what they what was already established as um the way goku described it in the series that's where that grade naming scheme came from and jake so they carried forward grades two and three but then new names were assigned later on um where did full power come from was that daizenshu exclusive okay so with where I should say where the phrase like the grades donkai where that comes from ultimately is in the series when goku's showing off the muscular forms to Gohan. Mm -hmm. He does the first muscular form and Gohan's all impressed. And then he says, I think another grade of transformation is possible. And then mm -hmm. he goes into the really muscular form. Right. So that's where they get that from. It's like, well, okay, if these are two different grades of transformation, then maybe these other forms later on are also grades. And so we're just, you know, labeled all grades one through five. Yeah, it's totally logical. Yeah, at the time, you know, they had no idea Toriyama would ever use a different naming scheme. And just to pull it back to other things, I mean, they had no idea that Toriyama would later on decide, no, Dr. Garrow is actually the one who created the androids and cyborgs. Yeah. And so full power Super Saiyan comes from, I don't remember the exact chapter number, but its name, when Goku starts to fight Cell, mm -hmm. he says, like, you know, they both go, they both charge up to full power. And the chapter title is full power Super Saiyan. Got it. Anyway, that phrase then later it gets used for the form in Daisenshu 2, which also is um, they retain the grade 2 and 3 names for mm -hmm. the muscular forms, but then use the more standard Super Saiyan 2 and 3 for those, you know, the sparkly and then the long haired forms. And so that's that became standard from then on in guidebooks and Japanese video games. Right. Grades 4 and 5. As far as we're aware, this is the only citation for them ever in the history of ever. I believe so. All right. So as we can see, uh, Super Saiyan 2 was used as the official formal name. Uh, I don't want to say grade five was scrubbed from history, but it was just kind of conveniently ignored. I think it made total sense. Toriyama assigned it a name. It only ha ever having been used in the one place, there's no reason to do a little asterisk and say formerly known as grade five, anything like that. Um, they just kind of changed it and went forward with it. And no one really 
cared. No, and I mean, this whole grade five thing, that was something us here in America, at least, only discovered fairly recently. Right. And the sad thing is I owned that book for so many years and I just never looked in the back. That was terrible. All right. So let's transition to Dragon Ball Super then. Uh, Actually, we have to start before Dragon Ball Super. We have to start with uh, Resurrection F, Revival of F, because that's where this new form, which we previously knew as Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, the blue haired form, is where it debuted. So let's go down the list of how we learned about the transformation and the naming of it. And we'll see if it's comparable to Super Saiyan Grade 5 versus Super Saiyan 2. So Jake, the first debut of this form with a name, the first mention was in Weekly Shonen Jump 2015 number 20, which came out April 13th, which was very so right before the movie came out. Actually, the magazine came out on the 13th, but the uh, first major leak of it on Anime News Network came out on the 9th. And this is where we have the big splash with blue with a name for the form. Jake, how does it talk about the form and the name here? And so it's set up on the page where kind of something you have to see visually and have to know Japanese, but it shows that this name is a contraction of the phrase uh, Super Saiyajin God no Chikara Omota Saiyajin no Super Saiyajin, which is literally uh, more or less a Saiyan who's a Super Saiyan with the power of Super Saiyan God, whatever that means, which is how Goku describes the form in the movie itself, like word for word. Mm-hmm. And so essentially they take the beginning of that phrase, Super Saiyan God, and the end of the, it, Super Saiyan. From that, they coin Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. And so... They've got that across the top and then the right-hand side. And then in the bottom left corner, they label Goku in that form as a Super Saiyan God SS. They just have those two English letters and then the Furigana the indicates it should be read as Super Saiyan. And uh, I believe at this point we had already seen Golden Frieza, but they uh, repeat the design for Golden Frieza here as well. We saw Golden Frieza before we saw the blue-haired. I believe that's right. Go back in history here just a year ago, which I can barely remember. Super has destroyed my memory of all this other stuff by repeating things. I can't remember how things happened. Yeah, there's there's a good deal of time between the two. Anything else significant to take away from this uh, this first debut of the name for the form? I mean, as far as the name goes, not really. In the same issue, incidentally enough, they um, they advertised that this new form of Goku was going to be coming to Extreme Butoden on the 3DS, which was uh, then upcoming game. So it was, hey, here's this new form. Here's its name. And the movie's about to come out. But right before the movie came out, one week later on April 17th, uh, in promotion of Zenkai Battle Royale, we got a, uh, a promotional video showcasing, hey, these two characters, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku, and Golden Frieza, are going to be coming to the game. Um, and so that was just, I mention it because it's yet another instance of, and a separate company using the visual of the form and the literal name of the form. That is the established branding. So it wasn't like a one-off description in a magazine. Um, this sets up the consistency for this is the look and this is the name of it. Jake, you have another video game reference here as well. Yes, from uh, Dokkan Battle. They have a kind of cutscene where Whis, uh, Goku's training with Whis, and he uses this blue-haired form against him. And so, essentially, Goku um, uses he uses the same phrase from Resurrection F, where he says it's a Super Saiyan with who's a sign with the power of Super Saiyan God. And then Whis replies by saying that's too complicated. How about we just call it Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan? 
Mm. which is a marginal improvement, but whatever. I feel like that conversation is going to uh, come back around again in Super. Yeah. We'll get to that. So then let's turn it to the movie itself. And Jake, you actually mentioned this, um, that promo in Weekly Jump. They pretty much used the language from the movie itself. We didn't really know it at the time. But uh, in Resurrection F, Revival of F, Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan is never spoken aloud as a name for the form. No. And so instead, Goku, when... He shows off the form to Frieza. He says, well, uh, Frieza starts off by asking, like, well, it's like, so you've used um, Super Saiyan after all. And he says, it's a bit different from regular Super Saiyan. It's tough to explain, but this is a Super Saiyan who's a Saiyan with the power of Super Saiyan God, which again, it's so it's that same phrase from earlier. Well, then let's talk about the other piece of supplemental material that came out with the movie itself. And this is volume F. This was given to attendees of the movie, starting with um, its original debut in Japan. You can buy it pretty cheap. I don't know if it was overproduced and they had a whole bunch of others, but I uh, pretty consistently see these on the secondhand market for about 15 bucks. So if you didn't get one at the time, now's a pretty good time to get it. Uh, Jake, explain other than all, I mean, this book is filled with spoilers for the movie. They specifically had it sealed and told you not to look at it until after you saw the movie. So tell me about the character designs for Goku and Vegeta here. Yeah, so the book starts out featuring all the character designs Toriyama did for the movie. With, and so it's got the images as well as some of the handwritten notes he wrote going along with them. And so he's got, in his own handwriting, he says, uh, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. And he explains he's modified the clothes for Goku and Vegeta a bit, but if uh, Toei, if they'd rather use the standard outfits, then feel free. And he also explains that the mark on their chest is just Wiss's handwritten signature. Mm -hmm. And so there you go have it at least once Toriyama has written that phrase out on his own so he's aware of it at the very least so I guess the question here is and perhaps we'll never know did Tor because it's not spoken aloud in the film and Toriyama wrote the script for the film did Toriyama name the forms or if during the course of production they were given a name and because he's working on the designs for it he knew what they came up with with the name so he wrote the name that they came up with. It's tough to follow, but we don't know the answer here. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to say. Unless he mentions something in a future interview, I don't mm -hmm. think we'll ever know. Okay. So we're at the point here. The The movie is out. It's done. It exists. Super, as far as we know, doesn't exist. This form has a name. It's being used in video games and other merchandise. So not just Extreme Butoden, but um, Xenoverse as well and Dokkan Battle. All the supplemental material, books about the film, of which there are very few. It's Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. Even though it's not spoken aloud in the film, that's the name of the form. This all changes, I suppose you can say, with Dragon Ball Super but not in the Dragon Ball Super TV series, at least not initially. Now, the way this went down, if you remember how the manga for Dragon Ball Super started, Toyotaro did the Battle of Gods adaptation. Then he skipped the Frieza arc because he had just recently done a three-chapter introduction to the Frieza movie right before doing the super manga in the same magazine in V-Jump. So it made convenient sense for them to kind of skip over that, but that also allowed them to jump ahead into the Shampa material and have it act much more as a promotion than it had been doing. So this allowed Toyotaro to show things that not only would be happening, but in many cases didn't actually happen in the TV series. Some of those were just the early Shampa and Vado stuff. But Jake, the uh, the conversation we're going to talk about didn't really happen this way in the TV series. No, so there's no equivalent scene to this in the TV show. 
And instead, it's um, like from the very start of the Shampa arc, when Goku and Vegeta are training together, they're sparring against each other. And at first, they're in their regular forms. But then Vegeta uses the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. And Goku complains that this wasn't this. They weren't supposed to use that form. And as so during the course of this conversation, they keep using that phrase until Goku complains that he bit his tongue and it's just too complicated. So, and at that point, Whis comes in and suggests that they use the name Super Saiyan Blue instead. And this is very similar to the earlier conversation in Dokkan Battle, except where, you know, the earlier one where Whis introduced the, was the one to introduce the phrase Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, except here he's doing the opposite and introducing its replacement. Now, I kind of want to talk about the timing of this chapter. So this was chapter five of Toyotaro's Dragon Ball Super Manga in V-Jump. This was the December 2015 issue, which was released in October, at the very end of October 2015. At the end of October 2015, over in the TV series, the Frieza arc was just getting started, and it was still that interstitial material. October 18th, which is right about when V-Jump was uh, coming out, was that Mr. Satan episode with the aliens that came down from space. So we were before... Not just <laughs> the Shampa stuff, but we were before the Frieza arc over in the TV series. So um, I just want to at least describe the, the timing here. So, Jake, we got this description by these characters. We get this. At the time, it felt like an offhand comment from Whis, and it wasn't repeated for quite some time. And I think the, the question for so long was, I wonder if this is going to show up in the TV series, and then if and when it gets to that point, maybe we'll have that conversation about, well, have they changed the name of the form? The thing is, we were so far ahead in the manga, it took forever, and throughout the Frieza arc, same thing, we didn't get a name for the form, Goku pretty much just described it the same way, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the same phrase, but Super does add in the joke where when Frieza hears this phrase, he says, it's, it's a, an, again, it's like really convoluted. Right, but it's not the name of the form, it's the explanation of the form that sounds convoluted, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of how it was for a while. Like you said, we didn't have an equivalent scene of this in the TV series. Uh, for a little bit there, Toyotaro was showing us, honestly, I thought really cool stuff that we didn't get to see in the TV series. They're, they're sparring in this other realm. It wasn't until episode 37 of Dragon Ball Super, which as we're recording was just this month, <laughs> that Super Saiyan Blue was spoken aloud in Dragon Ball Super. And it was Vegeta that used... um this phrasing here. Jake, how did this go down in Super? So in episode 37, Goku, uh, Vegeta is fighting against Kabe, and at the end of the fight, he showcases this form, which he refers to, he explains it's the latest form, Super Saiyan Blue. And he tells Kabe that if he trains hard, he may one day be able to reach this form. And then he knocks him out in one punch. Right, this was after the, you know, kind of forcing him to do regular Super Saiyan transformation, he's just going to one-up him the whole time. Yeah. And so that was the first instance. Um, let's see. Darn it. I can't. Is this the first time that form was used in the Shampa story arc? Uh, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have been waiting the whole time. They kept using regular Super Saiyan. Yeah. So they held off on it. And then with this, they introduced the form again and then this new name for it. And then that's it. Episode 38. In episode 38, they don't use it. But the episode summaries that 
come out in New Type and magazines like that, mm-hmm. they've started to use the name Super Saiyan Blue when describing the episodes. Okay. So, yeah, so for when the episode 38 spoiler summary things leaked, they talked about Vegeta and Goku use it fighting Hit as uh, Super Saiyan Blue. But it, nothing about it was spoken aloud in the episode, which brings us to episode 39, which as we're recording, it's Friday night, so episode 40 hasn't aired yet. Super Saiyan Blue is used pretty often in the episode, it felt like, at least more than once, wasn't it? Yeah, so the narrator starts out um, during the opening recap. He talks about how last episode Vegeta fought Hit as Super Saiyan Blue. Then when Goku and Hit are fighting, uh, Krillin on the sidelines uh, is amazed at how Hit can keep up with Super Saiyan Blue Goku. And then finally at the end, when, um, spoilers, Goku uses Kaioken, he explains that because Super Saiyan Blue has perfect key control and various other things, that's what enables him to use it together with Kaioken, whereas with previous Super Saiyan forms, it was would have been too hard. And so, you know, they just, at this point, it seems like it's becoming the standard phrase that everyone uses for it. So that's the big question. I've seen a gigantic, it's an overused word, I'm going to use it, a, a toxic discussion on DB Wikia, uh, citing you fairly often, <laughs> talking about what is the name of this form now. And I see plenty of totally fine conversations about it as well. I mean, it's cliche for me to uh, talk shit about DB Wiki, and I apologize for doing so, but I think it's uh, worth talking about that there are other conversations out there happening. So forgive me for talking shit. I, I take it all back. But Jake, that is the question. What is the name of this form? Well, I mean, obviously they have two different names for it at this point, but I guess I guess we'll just have to see if Super Saiyan Blue continues to be what they use now going forward. Or if they continue to use, if they continue to use Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan in other contexts. Right. Because I, I think video games are going to be kind of like the next, I don't know how to describe it, like the next thing to fact check this name against are all the other pieces of merchandise going to abandon Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan and start using Super Saiyan Blue. I think if we never see SSGSS again, I'm fairly comfortable in just daily conversations referring to it as Super Saiyan Blue. I think it's really complicated right now, though, because we do have so much merchandise out there using the first name, but now we have this current product going with a different naming scheme. I feel like they're both totally fine for now. Yeah, we're in kind of an intermediate phase where we'll see if the original name fades out over time. And so I want to pull it back around again. Do you think this is a decent enough analogy to what we talked about earlier with Super Saiyan Grade 5 versus Super Saiyan 2? It's the closest we have. But we do, We there's far more uses of Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan than there ever were for Grade 5. Right, right. But on, at, on the flip side, there's also been many more uses of Super Saiyan Blue within the series proper than there actually were of Super Saiyan 2 in the right. original series. Which is one. So there's kind of one of each in the products themselves. And then it was up to ancillary material later on, guidebooks basically, to name things. Yeah, so it's a really tough call. Yeah, going back to video games, there's probably video games that really cemented Super Saiyan 2 as the standard for that. Like, just that's why everyone knows that name. Um, probably. But I would also say probably not because video games at the time, Super Butoden 2, he's just Son Gohan. 
Um, no one in that game has forms associated with them um, because you just select a character. There aren't in-game transformations, so to speak, and there aren't multiple versions of characters. Other games at the time, Super Butoden 3, no. Ultimate Battle 22, no. Hyper Dimension, no. If we get towards the end of serialization um, into 95 there, yeah, it would have been the Daisenshu that were the only things that could be naming them. And then video games came to an end with Final Bout for about four years. So I think after that period, once we got into the Budokai series, that's when that naming scheme would have solidified it. But by that point, the Daisenshu already solidified it. Does that make sense? I guess. But well, I guess I do wonder like, how, because the Daizen, video games would have been more accessible to fans than the Daizenshu, at least in, you know, the the English speaking yeah. fandom. I guess it'd be interesting to compare the Japanese fandom use of names versus the English speaking fandom in that regard. Like, were, would there have been fans, uh, Japanese fans at the time, who called it Grade Five back when there was nothing else to call it? Yeah, I don't know if there's an equivalent to Alta Fanda Dragon Ball <laughs> for the Japanese fandom that we can go back to. It's uh, probably not. Yeah, would this have been the big debate at the time when that? manga chapter came out where they're like ah what do we do about grade five do we switch to calling it two now yeah yeah and was there uh, a certain super fan at the time that everyone would point to and be like well he says this so we gotta go with that i wonder if there's anything like that man that's tough and it was so long ago it was 20 years ago so i kind of I feel bad where we're having another one of those conversations that's ultimately about hair where there's no answer to the question. I think it's a conversation worth having, though. So what should we pay attention to, you think, Jake, moving forward to answer the question, if at all? Well, it does seem like at this point it's going to be what they use in the TV series because they've in the TV series, they've never used Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Right. And now as of episode 39, at least, they're using Super Saiyan Blue a lot. And then it would be pretty weird if we had, if like video games kept using Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan and the TV series used Super Saiyan Blue. Mm -hmm. So I suppose what we should do is just hope that the video games switch to Super Saiyan Blue just so we can have consistency. Yeah. Otherwise, this might go on. This debate might go on forever. Yeah, yeah. If you have two different types of media using two different names for what we know is the exact same thing, that would really confuse it. I guess there is the argument that it does seem from the beginning that Super Saiyan Blue was meant at least as a shorter name. Yeah. Like, so in that sense, it's if it almost seems like if it's meant as a replacement, then it would make sense to start using that. I think that is part of the question is because it was an offhand comment by Weiss sort of kind of in the super chapter, but now people start calling it that. Is it just a nickname? Because the joke is it's so hard to say the full name. And it's like, well, my name is Michael, but everyone calls me Mike because it's easier to say. That doesn't mean my name is not Michael. Yeah. So it's a nickname. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. That's why I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, but still, like, again, within the actual TV show, with, there's never, in, within the TV show continuity, they've never mm-hmm. said the original name. Uh, yeah, oddly enough, the manga is the only version of the story where a Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, has been spoken out loud by the characters. Oh, that's true. Yeah, in the manga itself, they've used both names, and they knew to call it Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan at first. So it seems like there was an accepted knowledge that's what they were all calling it so all all we have to do is determine whether the manga or the anime is canon and then we'll be good to go all right let's get right on that (laughs) 
I think um, an- another way you could take it would be, is Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Toriyama's idea and Super Saiyan Blue not his idea? Then you get the fans to say, well, whatever Toriyama came up with, that's the real name. That's the one I want to go with. But again, while we have that citation from volume F of Toriyama using that name, we don't have clarification if he came up with it. So I guess let's bring the conversation to a close. Again, we don't have an answer. Um, I think from my perspective, I do want to see what merchandise is going to go with. Um, and regardless of what they go with, I think there's always going to be a valid explanation of Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan is the full formal name of the form. And Super Saiyan Blue is its nickname, even if no one ever again uses Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. I'm not saying I agree with it or really care one way or the other. I'm just saying I think that's a valid way to look at it. That makes as much sense as anything. So, Jake, that was a totally pedantic, lovely conversation. I appreciate it, as always. So next time we can talk about what to call uh, Super Saiyan Blue with the Kaioken. No, jeez. I think that's it. Super Saiyan Blue with the Kaioken. All right. That conversation is done. What else do you want to do? Good. Um, let's see. Oh, we could go into the canon thing again. No, let's not do that. <laughs> All right. So that was our topic this episode. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, no problem. All right, let's hit some of these questions that have been piling up. This comes to us from uh, Leandro Uchiha, I guess we'll say is the name here. This is in Portuguese, so I ran it through Google Translate, and one of the words didn't entirely translate over. The gist of the question appears to be, what connection do you have with Toei or Akira Toriyama? Um, This is a question that I feel like if you've been visiting for a very long time, you either know or you've been visiting so long and you've read so much content, you're very confused. Uh, Kanzenshu is for white dudes talking about a Japanese uh, cartoon from 30 years ago. We have no connection with Toei, with Shueisha, with Akira Toriyama. We are just what you might call super fans of the series. We have been doing this for a very long time. We uh, absolutely love Dragon Ball and that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. You know, it's strange. I I think back even my earliest days of Vegito EX's Ultimate DBZ Links page, well maybe not quite that early, but uh, as it transitioned into Vegito EX his homepage there in uh, early 98 uh, and into Daisenshu EX's transition. There's always been questions. It's so you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here by myself and kind of thinking aloud. It's always been so weird to me that people can confuse a fan site with something official. But then at the same time, there are a bunch of other, I don't know how to describe them, but they were fan sites that have kind of been adopted into the fold. I know uh, my wife, Mary, is uh, big into the Marvel universe and has been for a very long time. She visits some sites that um, there's some Marvel site in particular that I think uh, either was a fan site and then became kind of official or the people got hired to do something like that. So from that perspective, I guess I I do kind of understand where some of these questions are coming from. I think we make it pretty clear that we have no affiliation. And I would hope, judging by the the way we report news and our critiques of things, uh, it should be clear there's no money in any pockets anywhere uh, kind of supporting the series. So I don't really know where I'm going with the answer to that question other than, uh, no, we have no affiliation with anyone who produces Dragon Ball. Question from Tommy here, is there any good way to get every Dragon Box? And I mean every single one, including the ones for Dragon Ball, GT, and the movies. I probably won't be buying them all. I do want to pick up the Z-era Dragon Boxes, but I just want to know more about where you can buy them. Can't find the others anywhere as I'm pretty sure they were never localized. Thank you and I hope to hear a response. So Tommy, uh, you're writing from a Rogers email address. I'm assuming you're up in Canada. I know it's not Canada, it's Canada. Just 
Bear with me, folks. So Funimation licensed the Dragon Box Masters for the Dragon Ball Z TV series. And we got seven boxes of that. Those were released over the course of November 2009 to September 2011. And so far from Funimation, that's all we've gotten at this point. It's probably all we're going to get. Now, the Dragon Boxes in Japan, we need to back up a little bit pre-Dragon Boxes. Something that I think a lot of people don't realize, Dragon Ball never got a home video release in Japan until the Dragon Box. Now, the movies got home releases. Those came out on VHS and Laserdisc initially. But up until the Dragon Box releases, there was no home video release. You couldn't just go down to a store or order online, say, episode 95. I want to see the episode where Goku turns Super Saiyan for the first time. You couldn't just go and buy it. You had to have it recorded on VHS or beta tape. As Toei and the other uh, anime producers transitioned into a collector's market, uh, this is one of those things where you can start exploiting your older fans with nostalgia. Um, now that they are older and have a disposable income, you can sell what used to be a disposable commercial. And let's be honest, as much as we love the show and think it has a lot of artistic merit, it is just like all of our 80s cartoons. It's a commercial for a product and that product is the larger Dragon Ball franchise. So Dragon Ball didn't start getting a real home release in Japan until 2003. They started with Z First, which maybe you wouldn't expect, but maybe you would expect. Their DBZ TV series got two giant dragon boxes as opposed to what Funimation did breaking them down into seven. So those came out in March 2003 and then September 2003. Then they went back and did the original Dragon Ball TV series in July 2004. Then they did Dragon Ball GT about a year later in June 2005. And then finally the movies came out in April 2006. Then after everything came out they went back and broke them all up and did individual uh, DVD releases of all the boxes. So the question is where can I buy them? Well the question there is are you expecting to get a localized product a la Funimation 7 Dragon Boxes? Well, that's all you're going to get. Other countries throughout the world have gotten uh, their versions of Dragon Boxes to some degree. Spain has stuff that's based on the Dragon Box transfer, uh, for example. So you might want to look into uh, other markets if you do speak another language. But in terms of I want to watch the show with English subtitles in a Dragon Box Master, all you're going to get are Funimations, which are prohibitively expensively out of print uh, DBZ 1 through 7. So you can get the other stuff, uh, the Japanese versions on the secondhand market, uh, I wouldn't say they're widely available, but they're regularly available. Uh, and I wouldn't say at a significant markup, but at a reasonable markup. They're still out there, but again, they're not going to have uh, any kind of subtitles because they're a Japanese release for the Japanese market. They do have a whole bunch of extras that we didn't get though. Uh, things like commercials and in the Z-Boxes in particular, the TV specials, uh, the original version of Plan to Eradicate the Science, cool stuff there. So kind of last minute questions here over on Twitter related uh, DJ Taioken, when does DB collecting go too far? And then Steven, what's the most expensive Dragon Ball item you own? That's complicated. I don't really know the answer to that. I mean, I guess a Dragon Box is up there just because of original value and current value. Uh, something that's in my possession right now that Julian purchased while he was over in Japan was that 1997 number one issue of Wired Japan that we uh, we translated an interview from the Akira Toriyama interview. Uh, that was the one where Toriyama talks about not being happy with the righteous type hero uh, persona that the uh, anime gave to Goku. I don't know if he's comfortable sharing the figure, but I will say it's a three digit figure that was paid for that match. 
magazine so we could have the uh, original primary source to, you know, fact check against and translate from. I don't, you know, myself, I don't really have anything that's super crazy, any one item that's really absurd. Um, I just have a large collection of many things. So I don't really know how to answer that question. I'd love to hear other stuff. I mean, like I have my Pladia in the two games. Um, that was one of those things where I abused my privilege as someone who ran, was, I think it was Daisenshu EX at the time, uh, someone I found on eBay who was selling stuff, knew who I was and knew the website and got me a good deal on things. So like I've, I've acquired things in ways that I wouldn't say that I'm ashamed of, but I'm, I'm happy to have abused my position a little bit to have gotten some decent stuff over the years. So I'd love to hear what everyone else has. Uh, do you have any singular items that you uh, particularly love or are worth a lot of money? I mean, what is worth with Dragon Ball? Something is only worth as much as someone else is willing to pay for it. So I just realized I didn't answer that question about when does it go too far? Uh, and perhaps I did that for a reason. I don't know. <laughs> when does it go too far? Just like anything else, when it impacts your life in a negative way. And for right now, I'm going to say it has not done that? Question mark? No, no, period. Definitely. Right? Maybe? Yeah. Uh, Jet Jaguar asks the important question, Hit versus Dio, who wins? That's tough. I mean, Dio is able to pause time longer than Hit is, but uh, I mean, we're talking about at what point in time? Uh, am I really doing this? I'm, I'm really doing this. I mean, we we saw in just the one fight how Hit was able to grow and expand the amount of time he was able to use his time skip there. Uh, and then time skip versus stopping time. I'm not getting I hope that's everything you wanted out of that discussion because I just gave it to you there. Uh, let's see. Beer Sticks. Overall, did you enjoy this little tournament arc? Um, Yeah, I did. I think it was everything I was expecting. Uh, it really seems felt and feels still like it was set up for something more. More. It really seems like this universe, multiple universes, uh, are expanding and we're going to get more out there. Uh, if you put it in the context of what were other tournaments, uh, we had things like the 22nd Budokai, which was, which was yeah, its own self-contained arc, but it also set up the Piccolo stuff very well, which itself went on to set up uh, the 23rd Budokai after it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Toriyama has in store. I enjoyed uh, this arc, I, I wouldn't say immensely, but I really had a good time with it and I'm excited to see where we're going to go from here. And then following up on that, uh, Cashman says, thoughts on where the series will go after the Shampa arc? Uh, man, I I really don't know. It seems like we've got multi-universal overseer. I mean, they could just go anywhere. There, there's all these other universes they could travel to. Who knows where it's going? And I think what makes me excited is that I can't actually tell where Toriyama is heading with this. And I'm both excited and a little bit afraid of, will he stick with some of the conventions he's doing? Or will he go with the convention, which is flip things on their heads, but we know that's what he likes to do. So are we to second guess him knowing that we know that that's what he does? Are we following all that? Because I'm surely not following any of what I'm saying right now. Uh, so I'm excited. Again, I'm not going to answer the question. I have no idea where this is going. I'm excited. So you know what? With that excitement, let's leave it there. Uh, before I wrap up the show, let's talk a little bit about content that's on the site and coming to the site. Last week on the show, you heard Julian and myself talk about uh, all the recent interviews we've been putting up. We talked um, about the big ones that we put up. We've put up a few other things as well. There are uh, OB comments that Toriyama newly drafted with some new illustrations a few years back we put those up on the site they're all slightly related to Dragon Ball in some way so definitely go back through our content archives and see all the stuff we've been plugging away at I did promise that there would be uh, one more comics translation by Toriyama up 
within that next week. That didn't quite happen, just with some of the other stuff that uh, I've been working on, everyone else has been working on. And that is uh, a comic that Toriyama drew from Weekly Jump 1996, the number 13 issue from that year, called Dragon Ball, If You Please. Uh, I do hope to have that up this week, probably not by the time this podcast goes up, but you can look forward to it. Something I want to tease from it, this is, you think about it, number 13, so just a, a few months there into 1996, we were getting ready for Dragon Ball GT at that point. And indeed, Toriyama's looking forward to the 10th anniversary movie and Dragon Ball GT in this comic. He starts out this comic. It's pretty great. He says, sorry for the sudden intrusion, but hello there. Do you remember me? I am Akira Toriyama. I drew a comic called Dragon Ball. It's been quite a while, hasn't it? How are all of you doing? It's just classic Toriyama introducing himself in his own little comic here. Something I'll leave you with here is a a tease from panel 7. As for Dragon Ball on TV, I believe that the new series, Dragon Ball GT, which I didn't draw, will have already started by the time this magazine comes out. I still haven't seen any of it yet, but I'm both looking forward to and worried about what sort of developments there will be. I think it'll be good if the story progresses at a brisk pace while also being leisurely. I have high hopes for it. So think about that quote in context. Think about it for the time it was written in uh, and go back and look at our production guide all the stuff that Toriyama did for early GT uh, and look forward to the translation of this comic coming to Konzenshu very soon. So with that being said I'm going to bring this episode here to a close. This has been episode 402 of our podcast at Konzenshu. I have been Mike Vegito EX for Julian, for Jake and for Heath www.kanzenshuu.com that is our website and we will see you next time here on the podcast many cool things coming into your ears see you then